everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of We're In Between, the podcast that discusses about every single episode of Us Told by Ginger once a week. Last week we discussed about the episode Kiss Today Goodbye, and this week we're discussing about episode 54, which is called A Lesson in Tightropes. This episode debuted, believe it or not, on October 23rd, 2016 on Nick Splat. <laughs> I know. Listen to our podcast from last week and you'll hear us rant about it for five minutes. Yup. And uh, this episode was written by Emily Kapnick. Darren finally decides to tell Ginger the truth and he breaks up with her. She returns home where her friends try to comfort her until she eventually cries herself to sleep. When her mom comes to check on her, she finds Ginger unconscious due to an acute appendicitis attack and she's rushed to the hospital, while Dr. Dave saves her life by performing an emergency appendicectomy. As she is recovering, many of her friends and family come to visit, including her father Jonas. Carl becomes worried that their father's appearance will rekindle Lois's feelings for him and ruin her relationship with Dr. Dave. Meanwhile, Ginger reflects on her relationship with Darren and Orion, comes to reveal his true feelings for her. Thank you so much for listening and we're in between. Someone once told me the grass is much greener. We have a lot of cool stuff planned for season three. Being proud of who you are no matter what you do. You definitely see the characters progress a lot more. They start growing up. I think Ginger and Darren are endgame. It is a masterpiece of an episode. Oh, it's the cattiest moment in the history of television. Trust me, everybody has been excited for our thoughts on it. Who's the girl in the pink capri? It's Courtney, it's Courtney! Someone once told me the grass is much greener on the other side. So, Casey, apparently, um, according to what a lot of people have stated about this episode, they say that this is hands down the most dramatic episode in the entire series. Well, it's funny because I was like, haven't we already watched this one? And then I just realized commenters have mentioned it so many times that it feels like I have. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, Yeah, this is a very dramatic episode. Like, it starts off really somber. The one thing I really do love is the low, slow, dramatic music that Jared is playing. And I love that the font is completely different. It looks like newspaper font. And um, you have Ginger uh, walking to the halls of the school, and she's contemplating that, have you ever had that feeling that something isn't right? You can't really pinpoint it, even if it's staring right in front of you, that something feels completely off. And then while she's walking, Simone is walking on the other side of the hall. And then they pass towards each other and they say hi to each other. And then the school bell rings while Ginger's just standing there. And now I want to let some people know that this coming Saturday, um, thank you to Mark Risley, by the way, uh, he will be giving me the animatic for the first cut of um, A Lesson in Tightropes that he had from an old VHS tape similar to the And She Was Gone one. And um, I watched it, and apparently there was a deleted scene in that episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, This episode actually continues right off from Kiss Today Goodbye, in which Dodie tells Darren in the letter that he has to tell Ginger that he and Simone have been dating, and Darren has been writing a letter for Ginger, and he doesn't know what to say. He's incredibly overwhelmed with emotions, he's crying in the corner, and he realizes that he has to tell her. And so here's the scene that was actually cut. 
So there are so Ginger, Dodie, and Macy are in the cafeteria, and Dodie and Macy are actually talking about. Um, Ginger and, uh, uh, you know, Darren and Simone. And while Ginger is approaching them, Dodie and Macy do not speak. And then she's confronting them saying like, what's going on? And they both said nothing, nothing at all. And then while Ginger is looking around the cafeteria, she sees Simone and she kind of glares at her, which I'm kind of glad that they cut the scene off because we see that Ginger is suspicious of Simone and it kind of gives away the um, the shock that Ginger would be feeling when eventually Darren does tell her that um, he has been seeing Simone. Yeah, I agree. I like it more how they did it. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that this scene was actually cut. After we see the original scene from uh, from the final product in which Darren is writing is trying to write the letter for Ginger, we see Ginger, Orion, and the band members performing the song, which is now a completed version of Splinter of My Heart that we heard from last week. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was great that we talk about that continuity and it gets a little lost the longer we go because of broadcasting issues, but uh that's a great piece of it there. Yes, absolutely. So we have Ginger and Orion performing the song, and um, then we have Darren um, showing up saying that he wanted to talk to Ginger. And Ginger is telling uh, Darren that she's glad that he came because now they can be able to talk about that their relationship hasn't been going very well lately. And so she came to the conclusion that, hey, maybe we should try harder. And then immediately Darren says, Ginger, it's over. I'm seeing somebody else. And Ginger becomes really heartbroken, saying, I want things to work out for us. But Darren says, no, I can't. Um, it's not going to work out for us, Ginger. You're you're independent, you're headstrong, and you think football is stupid, and you're probably right, and being with Simone is a lot easier. And And he says, I hope that you can forgive me. But Ginger says, no, I don't think I ever will forgive you. And she runs off, and she's crying. And it's actually genuinely heartbroken, because ever since Heat Lightning, we do know that Ginger and Darren have off-and-on relationship uh, trying to make things work. They they have little to nothing in common now. They, uh, you know, Ginger's leaning more towards the band. Darren's leaning more towards the football team. They become a lot more separated. And I mean, it was kind of inevitable that they were going to break up. But now seeing this, especially since we've seen them as best friends throughout the three seasons, it's actually genuinely sad. Well, it's really complicated and brutal, too, because sometimes people just grow apart. And I don't think to write it off as just like drama is, I think, not quite getting at the full picture because these are people who care about each other and they're clearly not right for each other in this moment that regardless of whether they will get back together or not, right now they need to not be together because Darren is wandering and he shouldn't be with someone if that's how he feels, so... It's a tough conversation on both ends. Darren shouldn't have waited so long. Ginger also probably should care more about the things that he cares about. She doesn't have to become, like, the biggest football fan ever, but she clearly has disdain for it, and that hurt Darren. Yeah, absolutely. That did hurt Darren. In Fair Too Cloudy, uh, when Ginger invites Darren to the fair and Darren just wants to go on the rides and Ginger wants to follow tradition by seeing a sewing class and petting the animals and Darren has absolutely no care for it, Ginger ignores him. And with Darren joining up on the football team, Ginger's not even remotely interested. So Darren feels like that Ginger doesn't care about him anymore and he wants to be with somebody that does. And Simone has been completely 
completely supportive to him. And so he feels that um, being with Simone is the best thing for him as opposed to somebody who clearly does not have your best interests in mind. Yeah, no, it's true. It's a tough situation and it's one of those things Ginger just has to push through, you know? Okay, so can we go to the Carlin Hoodsy plot? Sure, yeah. So it starts off with Hoodsy reading off a novel. You know, those cheap bargain bin novels that you see with like the guys with the long flowing hair and the girl and like the background where there's like a garden or a castle or something and talking about how um, Clifford made a girl murmur and she touched his tawny shoulders and you know it's like one of those like novels that is uh, it's one of those romantic novels and it's just so funny seeing a bunch of kids reading off romantic novels yeah yeah it totally is you know Cozy is like incredibly enamored with it he's like whoa he made her murmur it's like it's not a big deal if he made somebody murmur. He thinks it's like the most romantic thing ever. It, just the way that he, I mean, he's reading the books and he even has like those classic, um, you know, glasses that you see people in in shows they read off. And it, I just thought, I just thought that that scene was actually pretty funny. Yeah, it very much is. And I don't know, the Carl plot didn't. I mean, there's not very much of it. It's so centered on the high school and then on the parents, you know? And then it all intersects by the end. But I will say, to me, the most interesting part of this episode, Carl-wise, was his re- his reaction to Ginger's ordeal that I'm sure we'll discuss in a moment and his reaction to, you know, his soon-to-be stepdad and his father both being at the hospital. Yes, absolutely. I think this is a very strong Carl plot because, once again, going back to what we were discussing about last week, it really puts his maturity on the spot. And, you know, it gives a nice showcase about how his relationship to Dr. Dave, how he sees him as his real father as opposed to Jonas, who is his biological father. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, Dr. Dave, as Carl puts it, literally saves Ginger's life. So it's pretty when Carl already doesn't have a great relationship with his you know, birth dad, he's looking for a reason to idolize Dr. Dave, and now he kind of has one. Yeah, pretty much that, and the fact that Dr. Dave is actually in Ginger and Carl's life. Yeah, that too, you know, I'm not saying Carl is uh, wrong necessarily, it just shows that he's looking for something like this to happen. So now we go over to, um, now going back to Ginger's plot, where Ginger is completely heartbroken and laying on her bed, Dodie and Macy are trying to be supportive, they're trying to, well actually, um, well, let's go back to a little bit, so, um, so Darren actually goes over to Dodie's place, and he tells her that, you know, Darren told Ginger everything, and he's just heartbroken, and he's wondering, what's gonna what's the next step and so Dodie says um just you you have to hopefully um you know just you know there's gonna be a lot of um crying there's gonna be a lot of anger um Ginger feels betrayed and just hopefully as time goes on you know she'll forgive and forget and Darren is wondering you know what do you mean forgive and forget Ginger is already heartbroken what should I do and Dodie says you'll just have to give it time and then we cut back into Ginger, in which she is 
incredibly heartbroken. She feels like her insides exploded. And D Dodie says, oh, that's how the first heartbreak feels. And she's laying down in bed and um, Lois goes up and checks on her and she's not responding to Lois at all. She's unconscious. She's running a fever. And so she's immediately rushed to the hospital and they find out that her appendix burst. And so she needs to get surgery to remove it right before, you know, Ginger essentially dies. Yeah, it's very high stakes. It's very intense. Uh, and not the direction I was expecting it to go at all in this episode. Uh, you know what? I, I can't really think about this episode without thinking of another episode where a character goes through appendix problems. I'm talking about the Wild Thornberry's episode where they celebrate Valentine's Day and Eliza suffers from appendicitis. Yeah, yeah. We covered this episode on FNN. Yeah, so I'm wondering which came first? Um, I mean, sure, you probably could say about, oh, you know, th this air date and whatever. But as we've stated before, and, um, you know, yeah. with the or the, with the storyboard artist, it takes about a year or two to make. And considering that, as told by Ginger, had had has had multiple delays with airing. So, yeah, it goes to, our, it, it, you know, there's a there's a decent argument to make about which one of these came first, uh, G uh, you know, Eliza's or Ginger's, uh, you know, appendicitis. So I'm actually really curious to know about that. I mean, I'm sure I'll ask Mark or something to see which one of these came first. But yeah, Ginger is um, being taken to the hospital and she's being prepped for surgery. And we hear a slower version of Splinter of My Heart. And we have um, this montage with Lois. We have her thinking about Ginger when she was born, when she was first learning to walk, when she was in middle school. And then we see Ginger's dreams about her with her friends, her with Darren, the girl from And She Was Gone, her confronting her younger self in the laundromat. It's actually pretty interesting. And then, of course, we cut into when um, the surgery's over and Dr. Dave said he did everything he could. And then Jonas comes in, um, incredibly worried about what happened with Ginger. And Lois tried to explain, and then Ginger wakes up. Um, uh, you know, she wakes up and she sees her both of her parents and... Um, both of her parents are giving her love and support and then Carl rushes in and he sees that Lo Jonas is there and he wants and he says, you know, Dave, I want to be out here with you. Yeah, it's nice. It's intense. But this is sort of a family in crisis moment where you really for the first time get to see Lois, Dr. Dave, Carl and Ginger as a family unit. Yeah, which we haven't seen in a while. I don't think we've seen this since an even Stephen Holiday special. Right. Yeah, and even that is kind of different because he hasn't proposed yet. That is true, yeah. So things get really complicated, especially in the scene in which when Jonas comes to the hospital for the second time and he gives her the sunflowers, which are Ginger's favorite, which we learned in Hello, Stranger. And then they start talking about Ginger and they said um, about how much they care for her. And it, with Dr. Dave saying, you know, I really care for this family. I love them dearly. And then Jonas says, so do I. And then he tells um, Dr. Dave, you're a better man than even I could have been. And we, we've talked about Jonas before, about how um, how he's been so distant in, in the kids' lives and um, how he doesn't call, how he didn't call them back, how he didn't write to them. And um, yeah, we, I mean, there's been a lot of moments in which he, you know, portrays himself as pretty pathetic, but then there's some moments like Butterflies Are Free in which he can give some really good advice, and as we'll discuss about in a much later episode, 
um, his situation is actually pretty sad. Yeah, no, it very much is. And yeah, we have a lot of time to unpack that in the coming episodes. But one line I want to highlight while Carl goes into like a prayer room in the hospital and he emerges and Lois says, Carl, I thought you were an atheist. And he said, I needed a word with the big guy. (laughs) That whole exchange cracked me up. Yeah, I mean, I guess sometimes atheists, they they feel like something is just so overpowering that um, they need somebody, they need a higher up so, to talk. To, uh, to... Right, and just the gall of Nickelodeon to, like, to have that announced. <laughs> you know, this show, like, imagine the show airing in, like, the Bible Belt, and some parents would not be too keen on having a kid atheist character. Yeah, that is true. I mean, even in All Grown Up, I think I remember a scene in which when uh, Lil and Chucky were talking about something like that in which, oh, you know, don't worry about it, Chucky. I'm sure that God will be able to help you. And then Chucky says, oh, well, I don't really know him other than, you know, him being a burning bush guy, which he confused God with Moses, which I guess I could understand that. But (laughs) yeah, I think that this one is actually played out a lot better because it actually shows it actually is a little bit more dramatic and it actually does uh, make a lot of sense in the long run because I think, uh, you know, Carl has mentioned God at least once or twice before, but, you know, kind of like saying, um, you know, he, uh, sometimes the big guy really ticks me off, uh, you know, sometimes giving crippling some things that he shouldn't, uh, that he doesn't really deserve, so. And he must believe in the paranormal given the fact that he sees Maud again. <laughs> That is true, exactly. Like, he has evidence with his own eyes. Yeah, pretty much. So, and, of course, we, you know, going back into continuity from Stuff Will Kill Ya, in which uh, Lois has um, has a cup of coffee, and, um, uh, you know, Carl says, I thought, you so, um, all this stress is making you go back to your old habits. And then Lois says, oh, it's for the man of the hour. And then Carl says, but Dr. Dave doesn't drink coffee. He's like, no, silly, it's for your father. And then Carl gets really upset that Jonas is the one getting all the praise when Dr. Dave has been, uh, like, literally saved Ginger's life from her appendix b- bursting. And, yeah. I mean, of course, we've already discussed about in episodes such as an even Stephen Holiday special that... I understand why Carl is very upset about Jonas because he wasn't around in his life and he doesn't see him as a father. He pretty much sees him as a complete stranger. So now that um, now that uh, Jonas has become more involved in Ginger's life because she, you know, because of her appendix burst, she's a he. Uh, Carl is afraid that oh man, Jonas is going to try to, you know, get she's going to try to see if he can get Lois back together and you know get rid of dr dave and he's really concerned about that yes and i think the scene between dr dave and jonas is one of the most powerful in the show it's subtle but you know they don't they're awkward they don't really know what to say to each other and dr dave says you i love them you know all of them i i got chills on that line like what a what a good man what a great thing to say in that situation Oh, yeah. I mean, it could have been so much more awkward, which we'll talk about in a few weeks, by the way. <laughs> oh, yep, that's coming. But it, it's it's just a, a stunning moment of closure between the two of them. And ho- I think they both walk away feeling better. Yeah, they do feel better. I mean, they could have hated each other easily. You know, they could have seen each other as like rivals to one another. But no, they actually treat each other with the respect that 
you know, Dr. Dave is now Lois's new um, husband-to-be and the new father to their kids. And Jonas was the a biological father to Ginger and, and Carl, and he was once married to Lois. So, you know, because they've had that history together that, you know... Um, they decided that they were going to respect one another. I mean, they have their weaknesses and they have their strengths. Yeah. And then Miss Zorsky comes, the the good Miss Zorsky. <laughs> that was lovely. Yeah, not the evil Miss Zorsky that we've seen in the, uh, in the high school. Uh, yeah, we, we talk about this, the good one from, you know, the first earlier seasons. And yeah, she's so supportive for Ginger and being with her when uh, Ginger tells her that Darren broke up with her and that, he want and that she wants to talk to him because you know he was her best friend and um even you know she gives a lot of sympathy and she even gives her a hug and and you know we even have you know Dodie and Macy come in and trying to give their support which I love their get well song it's awesome yeah it's wonderful and yeah just again in this episode I was thinking about the through line of writing in As Told by Ginger is a really strong choice you've got these letters the diary of course poems songs it's uh the the concept of people cr- like finding their own voices is I think really lovely. Then we have Orion coming in and he's trying to say something really poetic for Ginger that when he heard that Ginger was in the hospital his heart broke into a million pieces and one of the pieces they flew like wings and he's essentially trying to tell um Ginger that he loves her and cares for her. And kind of like in his own little goofy way, which, you know, after he um, told uh, Ginger that, he said, you know what, just forget it. That was really schmaltzy and mushy. Right. Yeah, it doesn't quite land, but it still is nice that she has support. Yeah. I guess now we can get over to the ending. So, yeah. um So we have Carl um, he- overhearing Dr. Dave and Lois talking about... Um, you know, how Lois, uh, she feels a lot of regret that she wasn't there sooner for Ginger. But Dr. Dave says, you're in the hospital saving a lot of other people's lives. I think that's a credit to you. And then she says, but, you know, this is my, these are my kids. You know, I, you know Ginger could have, she could have died. And then Dr. Dave confronts Lois talking about, has your, has, you know, all the visits from Jonas um, you know, have changed your thoughts about you and me. And then Lois says, no, uh, Jonas is not the man I love. It's you. And then they start having this wonderful kiss together and Carl is satisfied. And then we have uh, Ginger seeing Darren's letter in the trash can. And so he, uh, she reads it, but the letter is incomplete. And she's wondering why didn't Darren finish the letter? And then, um, you know, the trash lady says, but it it was finished. It just doesn't have an ending. Yeah, I thought that was a nice thought. And Ginger, clearly with her writer's brain, kind of that kind of blows her mind. She's like, whoa. <laughs> and then, of course, the end credits song for this episode is an instrumental version of the wrong song from the episode Never Can Say Goodbye, which is the song that Darren, uh, you know, sings for Ginger. Uh, but you know, uh, but I guess it makes a lot of sense. It is instrumental because, um, uh, you know, it's uh, I guess it was a callback for Darren not singing that song for Ginger. But yeah, it was that was a nice touch. So yeah, um, I guess we can finally give our ranking of yay, nay, or meh. 
this one, you know, I'm going to do it again. This one's another yay. Uh, Yeah, it's dramatic. It's over the top. But high school is dramatic. High school is over the top. We see a lot of strong relationships emerge or become stronger. Uh, We see the Foutley family now with Dr. Dave start to come together. And uh, I just thought this was a really artistically crafted episode. Yes, I definitely do agree. I I really enjoy this episode as well. Um, it's not one of my favorite episodes because I do think it's overdramatic and depressing, but I do give it a yay nonetheless. I do like the fact that the stakes are higher with Ginger suffering from appendicitis. I do love that the, the fact that it continues off from a previous episode, um, which was Kiss Today Goodbye. I like the fact that Jonas and Dr. Dave have that wonderful conversation about... Um, you know, how they strongly feel about the family. I love the Kara plot that he's trying to have Dr. Dave as a, you know, has his father figure as opposed to Jonas because he never really had a strong relationship with him. Um, yeah, uh, just in uh, the fact, and that ending, that ending gives me chills every time I hear it. Oh, it's great. It's really great. Also, you saying kiss today goodbye reminded me last week, I forgot to mention, that is a reference to a song in a chorus line. It must be. Uh, so that's kind of fun. I was like, ooh, wow, okay, Emily Kapnick, I see you. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's not too surprising because um, Mark Risley told me when he emailed me the um, uh, the animatic for, um, you know, uh, A Lesson in Tightropes, it's actually, um, A Lesson in Tightropes is actually uh, based off of a lyric uh, from Ru- uh, Rufus Wainwright's Cigarettes and Chocolate. Interesting. That one I did not know. Yeah, I mean, you you find out really interesting things even about the titles. Like, you know, when Mark gave me the And She Was Gone animatic, apparently it was supposed to be called And Then She Was Gone, but they called it And She Was Gone because um, there was a book that came out around the same time that had that title and they didn't want to have legal issues. issues. So yeah, um, there's a lot of interesting things even about the titles themselves. So yeah, uh, I do give this episode a yay. Totally. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Next week, we will have uh, episode 55, Dodie's Big Break.